Welcome to Cassandra Explains It All, a podcast where we take a magnifying glass to all of our treasures from the past. Perfect. Love it. Today, we are doing Jawbreaker. (sighs) This 1999 sugar-coated horror cult classic is beloved for its completely over-the-top, mesmerizing fashion, a fusion between Grease and the Heathers, a film that director and writer Darren Stein was only given 30 days to create. With unique styling and some great music by the Donnas, we are surely in for a sweet 90s cult horror treat. So, okay, let's dig into this symbol of unashamed female darkness. I cannot believe, I rewatched it last night, but I've seen it so many times, but I can't believe that I was allowed to watch this as a child. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, so I was about 11 and... But at the same time, I was dancing around my bedroom singing like TLC, Crazy Sexy Cool and like Red Light Special. So my parents didn't give a fuck. But uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) and every time I see it, I always forget that Judy, Judy Greer is in it. And I just love her. The Violet. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Well, I'm glad you do because, oh boy. So we have. No worries. I noticed that. So Darren's. Dine, is that his name? Yeah. The writer. So he uh, created the horror comedy All About Evil, and that had Peaches Christ in it, who I just interviewed on oh. Notable Nostalgia. Are you? So it's like serious? such, yeah, it's such a, like such a small world. Everything's connected. Oh. So I thought that was interesting. God, that's insane. Okay, so this is the perfect chance right now before we dive into this movie to go ahead and plug your podcast, actually. Oh, Yeah. Um, so it's called Notable Nostalgia. It's a 90s retrospective podcast. Um, it's myself, Jeff, and then um, my two co-hosts, or two co-hosts, uh, Allie and Andy. We're LGBTQ plus and uh, BIPOC podcasts, and we just are friends from high school and who are just nuts for 90s nostalgia and very irreverent humor so notable nostalgia um any podcast platforms like apple Podcasts, spotify anchor and all of the above yes so we get some pretty cool pretty cool guests we just interviewed uh alisa reyes from 90s all that and whoa um yeah so that one's coming out this saturday uh the 16th or 18th or whatever day of the week it is but it's really cool no no but the interview that we're referring to you guys it's fucking epic you gotta go listen to it i mean that's like a career marker oh the peaches christ one (laughs) yeah so this like yeah uh drag queen that's like underground um does these cult movies and these cult plays um, in San Francisco, very horror themed uh, drag queen, very uh, raunchy. And you listen to it, right? Yes. The I, ran- loved it. I love it. made me crave ranch dressing. So listeners like go, go listen to it. There's a very uh, inappropriate story about ranch dressing. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. if, if you like death candy movies like this, you're, you would like it. So <laughs> First, we get, well, for, okay, let's, let me read our cast here, because this was a pretty big, this was like Jawbreaker, I don't know if a lot of you guys remember it, this was in 1999, but 
it was the beginning of the end for the teen movie genre. Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, and a couple other huge ones that did really well. And then, like, Urban Legends, this, and a couple others rolled out, and then just, they all bombed. This, unlike Cruel Intentions, that did really well the same year, this had almost no budget. You know, it was created in 30 days and they didn't, the director didn't, and writer didn't get to pick his actresses. So I think he did great for what he was handed. I think it came out great, but it, it's become a cult classic because it's just so unique and the stylization to it is so unique. The colors, all of the costuming. If you had to guess <laughs> who did the costuming in this movie, who would you think? Oh gosh, I don't know. It was very like uh, vibrant colors. It almost like had like a, a Tim Burton-y kind of style of uh, Ooh, production. But yeah, that's, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Almost that's like a mix of Tim Burton and like the Romy Michelle that we uh, dissected on on a previous podcast of yours. That kind of campy, over the top, like highlighter colors. Yes, exactly. So one of the ladies that worked on the costuming for Romy and Michelle, who also did the costuming for Clueless. Um, oh. It was her assistant slash partner that actually did all of the costuming for this movie. And she later went on to do all of the costuming for the Clueless television show. And so like, once I realized that, I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like, yes, I definitely see that. That's amazing. Where did this movie take place? Uh, in a snow globe. In a, snow so, <laughs> in a whimsical snow globe. So, okay. We first, like, the movie kicks off with, you know, I remembered it having a really good opening sequence song and everything, but it's really not that great. But <laughs> <laughs> we get this, like, classic kidnap breakfast scene, which I've heard debated endlessly in the echo chambers of the internet that this is not a real thing that happens, where, like, girls kidnap one of their friends to, like, take them out for breakfast uh, on their birthday. But this definitely is a thing. Yeah, we did it in theater in high school. The older kids would plan it with the parents of the younger kids in the plays and we would actually kidnap them in the morning and bring them to school in their pjs and like have like a breakfast thing yeah. but we never we didn't terrorize them and like throw them in the trunk or uh, throw a jawbreaker in their mouth but oh my god yeah so we get it's courtney which is played by rose mcgowan julie who's played by the beautiful rebecca gayhart marcy mm -hmm. Um, who is played by Julie Benz, and then Fern, Judy Greer. They end up putting their dear friend Liz in the trunk of the car with a jawbreaker in her mouth. They kill her, obviously. Do you think that, and it was it was Courtney, Rose McGowan's character, who did it. Do you think that, I mean, it was like intentional? I don't know. When I was watching, I kind of thought, and she at least has those tendencies because she really did not mourn or look shocked when... Uh, when they opened it up and the trunk up and took the photo. Yeah. So, She's like, whoopsie. Yeah. And if you're capable of doing the stuff that she does throughout the film, accidentally, quote unquote, killing your friend who yeah. people seem to like more than Courtney. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past her. That's what I feel like makes this movie so compelling, even though I love Heather's, don't get me wrong. But that in Heather's, there's no motivation for 
why Heather is being like, or Veronica, I'm sorry, um, you know, like doesn't want to go along with her friends, it, but it, and there's no stakes really. I, I know that sounds crazy, but we'll get to it on that episode. But there, you can actually see like the slow build of Rose McGowan's character psychosis through this movie. Yeah, if she keeps going, she definitely becomes a serial killer. <laughs> so, but, and, and she has motive. Like you could, it, it's so natural. Like she's, such a good actress. I don't know. I, I hate to diss on Winona Ryder, but God, I just thought she was so much better of a villain than Veronica and the Heathers. No, I agree. I, I read that she was nominated for, I think, MTV Movie Awards as like Best Villain or one of those kind of like third tier award shows, but she didn't win. She like <laughs> does some pretty messed up stuff. And I, who, did, who won? I think it was like the Blade, whoever was in Blade as the oh. villain won, won the award. But no, Rose McGowan's fabulous. Okay, so they open the trunk and they realize that their friend is dead. They drop a Polaroid camera and the picture, you know, flies off into the parking lot. Now they're just like, shit, what are we going to do? So they call Liz into school sick so to buy themselves some time, which is smart. They get to school and, you know, they're like kind of nervous, trying to figure out what they're going to do. We get a nice, a great montage of this is this crowd. This is this table. I love, I love those, like a high school breakdown scene. I laughed out loud when, um, when they were doing the table reviews and they do the uh, Karen Carpenter table. I, <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh at that, but I did. That was very dark. So bad. Don't think we're anorexic or something. We're not. That's reserved for the Karen Carpenter table. We're not stupid. We eat, and we eat well. We just don't eat in public. Well, at school, at least. We don't want people judging us by what we eat. It gives them ammo, and the only ones with ammo are us. I mean, food's cool and all. It tastes good, and you need it to live. But the mere act of eating invokes thoughts of digestion, flagellation, defecation, even, shall we say, complexion, defection. I wouldn't be caught dead eating a greasy pizza. Because on some terrifying level, they're associating that greasy pizza with your shiny face. A zit, a blackhead, a cluster of pores. It's just another vexing stress that we don't need. Life is hard enough without added anxiety. <laughs> it's funny because she's saying she's not anorexic, but she's describing anorexia. Literally. <laughs> that was quite the like poetic scene. Like the, the rhyming and the... Yeah, it's almost as if they stole it from Clueless. It just, just the cadence of it. (sighs) Okay, because there's a scene where Cher's like, um, like, we don't eat in front of people. I swear to God, I'll I'll find it. I'll find it and send it to you one day. There's just quips in here where I'm like, they pulled that directly from Clueless. Jesus fucking Christ. So, (laughs) but that makes sense though, because the costume designer was on both sets, so... (laughs) <laughs> I love I'm like, it. I'm like there's out. only so many like uh stereotypes of you know if you take a high school and like the popular rich girls and put them in a movie yeah. good, they're gonna fall into like certain stereotypes too well like if this was a box set it would be mean girls the heathers and jawbreaker right it's like the dark genre of mean girl movies high school teen mm-hmm. movies I don't know, though. I mean, do you like the Heathers and Mean Girls? Yeah, I think Heathers I'm more nostalgic for and get excited to watch more than Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. I think Mean Girls and like... I know you like Mean Girls. 
yeah, it's enjoyable, but it's not. Yeah, I, I'm more nostalgic for Heather's and and Jawbreaker. I maybe I just didn't watch Mean Girls when it first came out or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's hilarious. But um, Lindsay Lohan sucks. Guy that wrote the Heather's is also the brother of the guy that wrote um, Mean Girls. Okay. So the, yeah. Oh, here's here's why mean why Mean Girls uh, was a little exhausting for me is because my best friend and I um, were in high school got compared to the big the chubbier gay guy and the gothic looking resting bitch face lady because mm-hmm. um, we looked like them. I would dye my hair. I used to dye my hair black. And everybody would always come up to us and say, like, have you seen Mean Girls? Oh and that's, and it's, you know, then eventually I just have to lean into it. Like right. he does when he's in and the bathroom she, and is like, Danny DeVito. Right. And she, what's <laughs> ironic, I always thought it was ironic because she's the prettiest person in that movie. Oh, yeah. And like Rebecca Gayhart, in my opinion, is the most beautiful human that's ever walked the face of the planet. I don't understand how she didn't have just this massive career. Uh, I always think that. But then when I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's a fucking terrible actress. Yeah, I made a note of that, like, that she, I'm not a fan of, like, she's the only character I'm not a fan of. I feel like all the other actors are playing it very self-aware that it's a campy, over-the-top movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that character could have been played more over the top. Yeah, if she pulled off that performance, it could have been Psycho Beach Party she's yeah she's in the movie she's like so earnest and it doesn't help that the entire subplot with her is like completely garbage I didn't even take notes on her subplot because there was nothing worth (laughs) writing down so like I have (laughs) and I'm not bashing this movie I love this movie you guys and this movie was made in 30 days that's that's mind-blowing um this was this guy's first movie that's mind-blowing you know and he had like a tiny budget and that's amazing he took a chance and it worked they're like okay we have to try to formulate a plan before they can get back to the house to take care of their friend liz fern mayo gets asked by their english teacher if she'll bring her Liz, the, her homework from Mrs. Sherwood. Mrs. Sher- Sherwood is like, Fern, will you take the homework to Liz? And of course, Fern is more than overjoyed to take it to Liz because she's obsessed with her. Perfect. I don't know. I hate this character. I don't. She's so creepy to me. And I guess that's the point. But, ugh. I just. <laughs> she is a little, a little, but she's outside of the house and she's like pretending that she's talking to Liz. Yeah. She's like, you're so beautiful. You're so. Yeah. It was like one too many. It was like, just ring the doorbell. <laughs> like, <laughs> out, girl. So, like, I wanted to root for you, but you're not. She's all that. Like, you're like on. I'm not trying to be mean, but like, I'm not. But like, she was not good looking after the glow up honest she looked better before the glow up Mm -hmm. in my opinion she looked great actually and then the glow up made her look like a fucking monster um but you know what that's kind of the point because this is like a fusion of grease and you know horror it's largely inspired by grease and the girls go to liz's house because they are going to set the scene of a murder um and try to make it look like she was raped and murdered so that they can get away with accidentally killing her why wouldn't they just go to the cops right 
what would you do? I would, well, I would go to the cops. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I said I would, I would do what Rose McGowan did, I would sound crazy. So, um, so I would go to the cops because it's, no one's going to believe that these three killed their friend. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although you still could get some time and geez. Oh, it was like manslaughter or something for oh sure. My God, I don't know. I might just move to Mexico be done with it so (laughs) I can't so then but while they're trying to like set this crime scene they're like it's hilarious because they're like looking through all the things in Liz's room and everything is largely inspired by the jawbreaker the whole set design everything's circular it's really visually it's cool because it's not I can't really pinpoint the aesthetic it's very unique and it lives in its own universe like clueless it's and Romy and Michelle. It's really cool like that. Mm-hmm. But then the problem is that, uh, you know, Fern Mayo shown, shows up with the homework and she sees Liz dead in the bed and freaks out and tries to run. Courtney like holds her down, <laughs> sits her down. <laughs> She's so scared. Rose McGowan literally so scary in this movie, you guys. I'm not joking. And, they and basically- Fern enters in her house, like goes in like... Oh, yeah. Goes around back and breaks into the house pretty much. <laughs> Although, okay, I thought about that, but in high school, I mean, yeah, I can see that. When you're younger, you kind of don't have as many boundaries. You kind of, it's, it's true. I don't know. I used to walk inside of my friends' parents' houses all the time. And when I think about that now, I'm like, oh my God, these little sh- like kids, they think they run my house. Like I have neighborhood <laughs> kids coming up in my house. I'm like, what the fuck? Go home. You are not my kid. Get the fuck out of my fridge. Like, what? No. Like, what? <laughs> it's so crazy, dude. <laughs> Gonna be pissed at me for spoiling this, but while they're in the room setting up the body, Courtney opens a card. Um, that's like one of those cards that records a greeting. And she says, I did it. I killed the teen dream. So it gets recorded. Put that away in the vault for later. Okay. So then (laughs) they put Fern Mayo into this dream sequence laboratory where they give her an amazing makeover and it's very grease. Yeah, it was, that that really (laughs) stuck out like a sore thumb. It was very whimsical. There's actually an entire YouTube video dedicated to the transformation of their outfits throughout the entire film and how they all symbolize the stages of the film and the stages of their um, like intentions through the film. It's fucking insane. Uh, Okay, I'm gonna have to see that. Yeah, it's wild. (laughs) I've watched it like three times in the last two days. Like, whoa. (laughs) We're going to make you one of us. Beautiful, popular, loved, feared. All that you've ever dreamed of. If, and only if, you never, ever tell anyone what you heard. Yes, now, sweetness. To the beginning of all Chelsea, the beauty we molded from sheer I like that because he says the beauty we molded from sheer misery. That's a trippy scene. It is. Beauty school dropout. You're you're gonna mention the Grease star who's in the movie. What? Who is it? Uh Jeff Jeff Conway. <gasps> he, what? 
Yeah, he plays Foxy. What's her What's her name on the show? Uh, Marcy. Marcy's uh, dad. Father, that's like, right. Father. That's yep. right. He has the funniest part in this whole movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yes, Oprah, I do think my child is a follower. <laughs> I laughed out loud for like five minutes at that. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> basically, they've turned you know fern into a monster just like them of course like nobody at school recognizes fern somehow which is really ridiculous um <laughs> so then a detective shows up at the school rebecca gayhart she meets her boy right he's like in the theater that's her whole little subplot it's really boring he's not attractive moving on rebecca gayhart's character julie she's just basically all of a sudden she's not a mean girl and she's trying to like guilt fern into ratting them out for the murder it's like bitch where were you the last 15 years when you were treating your supposedly ex-best friend like garbage oh and the sidebar the um detective is played by uh pam greer who's foxy brown from like the 70s and miami vice my mom pointed out to me last this morning yeah and yeah she's fabulous I, i think i would i would almost turn for her yeah People love her. And this cast is amazing. I really do wish they would have given her more to do in this too. Um, I mean, she gets a good amount of screen time, but I could have taken more and less of the less of Julie's boyfriend theater thing, whatever that was. We didn't even get any cool theater scenes. No, and then um, and then the one actress, I'm not sure if you noticed her either, because I'm totally that person when I watch something, I'm like, oh, that girl or that guy, uh, Tatiana Ali from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah, she, Fresh Prince, and then she also, I don't know why I put this in a note, but her, her album, Kiss the Sky, peaked at number 106 on the U.S. charts in 1998. Whoa. <laughs> That's a little fun fact. <laughs> she was having a good couple of years. That's... Well, better than like mine. Like she, she's had a better album than me. I guess I don't have an album, but yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Tatiana Ali was the shit in 1998. Yeah, this no, there's a bunch of people in this movie. Uh, there's some problematic people in this movie too, like Marilyn Manson. Courtney has a little mandate at her house with like no parental supervision. Okay, we get this like infamous scene where she's taking an ice pop and like making this guy give it head basically she's amazing she's the kink queen we have a really good scene we, we just see that there's definitely like a not a dark just a darker side to her but even more of a creative you know her wheels are always turning like she's definitely too big for this one horse town yeah that was like the, one of the more tame scenes of hers too when she's doing the popsicle they had nothing to do with like framing somebody for rape or murder and you know blackmailing your friends like it was very harmless yeah but I <laughs> I, I like how, I just like how like in the Heathers they kind of push that boundary with the guys being like that like with women but I like how in this movie they go just a totally female empowerment route of like embracing this dark creepy sexual person that she is and not you know she's not necessarily our bad guy it, you're it's, you're always wondering like if you're on her side or not yeah because who's the protagonist in this movie like I guess it's supposed to be Rebecca Gayhart maybe but I don't identify with her no so. yeah it's like you could literally cut her, all of her scenes out of the movie and it wouldn't you wouldn't know 
Like, so I guess I'm on Marcy. Is it Marcy? Marcy and Courtney's team, I guess, because well, I'm not committed to Fern and I don't, you don't want them to get caught necessarily. So I guess I'm, they're the protagonists. Cause I, I, I feel, no, I'm thinking, I feel like we can't like Julie because she honestly was awful to Fern. The first mm. scene we get is a Fern dropping her books and Julie walks right over her like a fucking biatch. Liz yep. was the only nice person. She's dead. Courtney is awful, but at least she's unique. Marcy is just a clone of her. So yeah, she's, I think she's our, our main character. She's the one we're rooting Courtney? for. Courtney? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Yeah, they weren't allowed to wear any black on set. That was one thing I did read. And this is also where the police show up. The son I could do with a little kink. Now suck it and see her get the hell out. You like it? It's okay. Okay. There's nothing kinky about okay, now is there? No, I said, you like it? <laughs> She's a boss. Oh, like um, how you said there wasn't black being worn. I think the only person that does wear black is the detective. Ooh. And that's why like th- those scenes are so, I don't know, interesting. Because when she's interrogating the girls or questioning the uh, Rebecca Gayhart and Courtney and stuff, it's jarring because they're so colorful and the whole movie's so colorful. But then she's, the detective is dark. So it's very yeah, like, I, black leather. I love that. Meanwhile, while the cops are there interrogating the girls, he is on. Julie has been hallucinating her dead friend. She feels really guilty. Up until that point, I wasn't even sure if she felt actually bad or if she was just kind of always having to be a bitch and disagree with whatever was happening. I mean, she's, uh, she's so annoying. If I would have killed her. Honestly, I would have been like, <laughs> I don't have time for this shit. Like, I watch Pretty Little Liars, so I'm not trying to play so yeah fern mayo is like slowly turning into a monster and um julie and her little guy they actually do go to a drive-in that's a cute scene only just because there's a drive-in in in it so if you are into that there's that we get more of the detective and which is awesome courtney actually tells detective cruz about liz having a craving for men (laughs) strange men (laughs) (laughs) basically Courtney is trying to set up a scenario where Liz had gone out to get some strange and got raped and murdered by an older guy like maybe accidentally maybe purposely who knows I don't know she's just my crazy friend it's really she's such a great actress this is like I think one of the best scenes in the entire movie then we get Marilyn Manson he always creeped me out when I was younger I I liked a couple of songs were catchy one of of his songs I forget how it went but um she actually was in the music video because weren't they married or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they like were reenacting like the JFK assassination in the music video. The fuck? Um, yeah, it was pretty trippy, but um, yeah, I'm not a huge, uh, spo- spoiler alert, um, I'm not a huge Marilyn Manson fan. And I don't know that many people that are, were so diehard Spice Girls and then transitioned to Marilyn Manson in the 90s. So Spice like I don't know. I yeah. was more of a, of a teeny bopper. I can see that. I mean, 
I didn't ever like Marilyn Manson's music, but I liked him, his like persona, I guess, in pop culture. Once like all these sexual abuse allegations came out against him. And then I, I like follow NT Lawyer, which I don't know if any of you guys know what that is, but it's like a entertainment lawyer in Hollywood that does gossip. So having all these claims about Marilyn Manson's victims for years, um, but it's all like finally coming to light. And Zach finds out about Fern Mayo, that she used to be Fern Mayo. Then, <laughs> then we get this like epic, epic scene where Courtney <laughs> walks out of the school and sees Violet on top of this like red Ferrari or something. I don't know what kind of car it is. But, and she like rips her off of And what was she doing on that car too? Kind of like head bobbing and like. <laughs> it's very greased. I should rewatch Grease. I probably don't know what I'm saying. Don't fool yourself. Deep down, they know who you are. Fern. I'm Violet. You're whatever the fuck I want you to be. I think she should have burned her on the hand with her cigarette. Um, that line is from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. <gasps> uh, I made you, and I can break you just as easily. That's what uh, Frankenfurter says to Rocky. After oh wow with janet yeah verbatim that's the that's the line from rocky horror which i love yes this whole movie has an air of drag about it just the costuming they're so like i love how they're wearing like these pencil skirts and like it's all you know that this costuming design designer she literally got all this stuff from thrift stores so as soon as rebecca gayhart stops being a part of their clique she all of a sudden stops wearing like the costumey over-the-top colors and starts wearing like like dungarees and yeah uh, or yeah it's i don't get it why she has to give up her fashion but maybe i should watch that youtube thing yeah there's like an entire evolution to the fashion um let's see here let's see here if it was the Heathers, <laughs> if it was the Heathers, she would have just killed her right there. Um, but it's not. So she's going to do the next best thing. She um, plasters like posters of Fern all over the school that says Fern Mayo with her face exposing her to the entire school. And there's like a, a complete carry meltdown. It's pretty bad. And then we get the Donna's. Oh, and Julie in the meantime and Fern team up because they want to take down Courtney. We go to prom. We're going to get, and there is actors from Carrie in this. The teacher is the mom and Carrie. Mrs. Sherwood, Carol Kane. Oh, that's awesome. Judy Greer, uh, Violet, she plays <laughs> um, the PE coach in the re make of Carrie. Thank you. That's what it was. That's what I was thinking. Oh, and the Thank original PE teacher on the original Carrie um, is actually a fan of my partner who's like a TikTok star kind uh -huh. of person. I don't know what like in, like a creed. I don't under, I don't understand TikTok, but apparently she's a fan of his. So that's kind of oh. cool. Like I don't I don't know her name or anything like that, but he does, but I'm that's like, that's super so cool. fun. That's so fun. Yeah. So, oh, and okay. So Courtney, did you just love Courtney's hair at the prom, by the way? It had like that yeah. rope thing around yeah. it. Yeah. <gasps> I loved it. 
I so I read in the trivia that, and I don't know if this is true, you guys, because you know how IMDb is. Like sometimes that stuff is true, and sometimes it's not. I read that she was like a a big uh, prima donna about it, and she was like, "I want my hair to be, you know, way better than Rebecca Gayhart's because uh, she had like a floral crown in her hair." And so, you know, she went back in and they spent two hours doing that. But I don't know if that's true or not, but I love the hair pieces throughout this entire movie. Their hair is flawless. Yeah, it's pretty iconic, The that uh, Courtney's hair in this. Oh, and then did you ever watch that 70s show? Yeah. Yeah, so the sister is in this too. She plays one, like, friends with Tatiana Ali. She's in a few scenes. She's dead oh. now too. How did I? Yeah. Know? I was gonna say which sister, the one that died, or the... yeah, the one, the one who died. Okay, oh, not womp know. womp, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh... That's unfortunate. Well, she I know. Lost. Yeah, fuck Danny Masterson too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I, I love Courtney's hair, and so then we get um, the prom king and queen, Dane Sanders and Courtney Shane. Just to let you guys know. So Julie and what's that girl's name? Fern Mayo. Julie and Fern have come to the dance with their boyfriend, you know, their third wheel. And they actually have in clutch the card that has the recording of our girl Courtney admitting to the murder. So they are going to pull a classic, classic move and play it over the loudspeakers um, right as uh, they get announced prom king and queen. And they show up in a limo, Fern Mayo and Julie. <laughs> why, why, they, they're going to take down Courtney, but they, yet they still decide to rent a limo to go like, to prom. It's, it's still our prom. It's still our prom. Exactly. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like we should let other people ruin it for us. <laughs> like really having their mom take pictures of them like let's go take down <laughs> let's go take down the murderer <laughs> bye mom <laughs> We're going to Car- like do they go to caravas first like what yeah <laughs> and like chaos ensues and the whole crowd starts heckling her and like really aggressively like it gets dark really fast actually like shockingly oh I was gonna say I totally skipped over the part where um Courtney tries to make it look look like you know Liz was raped what she does that's why Marilyn Manson's in the movie so she actually goes out to a nightclub meets a guy has sex with him and then takes his like whatever and like puts it on Liz's body what I think the most interesting thing about that is when you watch that scene if you do rewatch this movie they have her like a uh, body all contorted on the bed the pol- when the police find her it's all lit by the flash of the cameras like the forensic cameras it's really 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 interesting shot really interesting but yeah we forgot about that then we get to the prom scene and now now our girl Courtney she's like totally She's done so. That's it. I, I was surprised when I was watching it how quickly they b- just believe that she's the one who killed Liz. Uh, even though there's already somebody being charged for it. But then I was like, in the, in this universe, it's 
the audience or the citizens opinions sway so quickly and people are banned and lives are ruined so quickly um but i thought that was interesting that that's their only evidence and they're yet courtney has you know dna evidence that it wasn't her quote unquote and they're just going off of a recording I, yeah i think you're right it's like a hive mind kind of thing it's like the, and the what whole... is oh sorry if you like this kind of movie you guys you would like psycho beach party it's very similar but it go but it leans into it harder and it's better it's similar to this but honestly better there's a lot of slide whistle music going on in this too like it's bordering this beach vibe yeah and like the um what's it called when they go from scene to scene and they like the they do a lot of that and then also they do sound effects like at the beginning when they're do going to the different classes in high school courtney's in like a science class and one of the classmates or maybe her boyfriend does like wiggles his tongue and there's like a sound effect yeah it's... these weird slide whistle sounds and yeah sorry i guess you could say that julie had the card evidence you know what i mean <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I, I like that. I thought that was so funny. I wrote it on like four different pages. I'm like, well, that's a good one. I really don't want to forget that. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I think that's good. Fucking. All right, let's see here. Let's see. I want to see if there's any trivia I have that we didn't cover. Um, yes. Oh, Pam Greer, the detective of Vera Cruz, she did all of her own hair and she wore, a, like, I guess a couple different wigs throughout the movie. The red Corvette scene is a nod to billboards of Angeline McGowan was supposed to blow smoke in Fern's face, but she didn't want to, so she threw the cigarette on the ground instead. But take that with a grain of salt, because that's like some IMDb trivia. We never know if that's real. Fern is inspired by Carrie, the director says. So, and but Fern was also in the Carrie remake, like you said. Have you seen the, the remake of Carrie? No, I'm not. I don't know why I just don't love Carrie. I've tried to watch it a couple of times too, and I've just never loved it. Yeah, I don't know what genre it really is. But, well, here's another weird thing is that Liz's parents play teenagers like, they're the teens in Carrie. Her parents in this movie play teenagers in Carrie? Yeah, Liz's parents. Isn't that crazy? That's, yeah, that is weird. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, like, so it was, like, destined for this girl to end up being in the remake, for sure. It was, like, surrounding her everywhere in her life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so Rose McGowan and um, Becca Gayhart would both go on to do more slasher movies, uh, Urban Legends and Scream. Oh yeah, she was in yeah Scream too. I think because yeah. she she was with a uh, Portia de Rossi. Exactly. Yeah, she she's just so beautiful. She's so beautiful, but she's just such an awful actress. I think she probably just got lost with all those other you know '90s horror uh, actresses like Nev Campbell and Jennifer Love Hewitt and all them. Tara 
Reed is still a list in my book. I love it, Tara Reed. Oh my God. Sharknado. Well, I was Ugh. just, I sent you a link of Loveline when it went, and it was, um, what's her name and Tara Reed on it together. It's like, oh, I didn't watch that yet. Let's see. Let's yeah, Tara, Tara Reed's on there and she's so funny. And she was telling Dr. Drew how she plays a radio host on Urban Legends. We should cover Urban Legends then. I love that movie. Me too. Like, I used to have it on VHS, so I watched it a billion times. I love uh, Daniel Harris like the, from like the Halloween movies. <sighs> I love her. Every now and then get a little bit terrified. Have you seen the music video to that song recently? It's Mm-mm. weird. Watch it. You you would love it. It's so bizarre. It's scarier than urban legends. <laughs> it's they. It takes place like in an all boys school, and I guess she's like the teacher or something. And then they're what? doing like all the boys are doing like these karate moves, and they have like glowing eyes. What? It's so bizarre. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Watch what? it. You would, you you'll thank me for this. <laughs> oh my gobble. Okay, I'm definitely gonna watch that. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, actually, I thought about texting you Urban Legends the other day. I was like, oh, just make a list. Okay. So <laughs> anyways, what else do I got here? This, I would say, is it falls into the category of um, click flicks. Like, it's not a chick flick. It's a click flick, right? Uh, costume designer. Her name is Vicki Barrett. So sorry, I couldn't remember it before. He, she worked with Mona May on Romy and Michelle and Clueless. Ding, ding, ding. And that makes so much sense. I didn't even look that up, and like, but that makes so much sense. Isn't it wild? I would love to meet that woman. She's such an inspiration. Like, she literally influenced an entire generation of clothing. Or, I mean, like, just gosh, definitely influenced the way I dressed. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, and we do get a little bit of Holy Trinity in this movie, in a sense, because I mean, the Holy Trinity of like Mean Girls, Heather's, and this movie. That's as close as I could get for you, but I tried. <laughs> I think the craft would be maybe kind <gasps> of in this group. Yeah, Mean Girls would go and it would be the craft, Heather's, and this movie. Yeah. Because we don't have a dead body in, well, so, yeah, no, we don't have a dead body in Mean Girls. Someone gets hit by a bus, but that's it. She doesn't die. And Mean Girls is like paying homage to these to these kind of films. Like, is it homage? Homage? Yeah. It's a weird word. Homage. Homage. <laughs> you could say it either way. I don't use that word very often, but I thought I would Ooh. I would pull it out for this. No, uh, yeah. Well, and it's like a t- this is a time capsule movie. It's not you can't it's not dated like it, because of the costuming again, she creates this universe that you can just like slip right into. It's very niche um it's cool and it doesn't it's not a carbon copy of all the other movies that had come out at that time it it is like you said like bordering a parody and it wasn't the writing if they could have just cut out never mind I'm not going to do that just stop okay (laughs) like (laughs) like I'm going to remake this movie and release it on YouTube you're welcome so um (laughs) Oh, yeah, but it was based, the director says he based it, like, partially. He wanted it to be, like, Grease meets the Violent Girls from 1956, for all you horror fans out there. It does kind of have, like, a, like a 50s, 60s kind of vibe to it with, like, the type of vehicles that they drive and very 
yeah Greece era yeah yeah it's not great but it is you know I'm not gonna say it's the best movie in the world but it is um outside the box it has a you know its own voice and its own you know darkness to it and its own little cult following and it does have like an undertone of woman empowerment and like indulging in that darkness it's like a fitting teenage movie girl movie um it's flirting with the idea of what happens when you indulge in those most evil things of yourself when you're a teenage girl um and what happens when you don't and that's like a tale as old as time right it's fun this was a fun take on it so important i think it was really important just for our collective to absorb that and that Marilyn Manson, even though with all of the negativity that is Marilyn Manson, he is a pattern interrupt. So music, <laughs> the music is okay. Um, it's got the Donnas, so it gets points for the Donnas, right? It was nice that it had a like a strong female music throughout. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. I mean, and the Donnas were classic. They were in like every 90s movie or every 90s teen movie. Drive Me Crazy, 10 Things I Hate About You. I don't know. I'm just naming movies. I don't know if they were in them, but they were in a lot of them. They could have easily been in them. (laughs) They they surely were. I wish that we could have followed Courtney's perspective through the entire movie. I wanted to see a whole nother hour of her. Mm -hmm. That would have been good to have it be through her point of view. Because again, it was definitely through the point of view of Julie is what they're attempting to do is make it through the point of view of her but yeah having it be complete anti-hero would have been not anti-hero she's not here she killed somebody and then uh, blame somebody for rape but he also flash forward has sexual assault claims but also he's a character in this movie so never mind I don't know I know yeah I know uh Rebecca Gayhart played Dylan on 90210 <gasps> Yeah, I love love 90210. Oh my God. I, one of my favorite, most favorite memories is just like um, hearing the intro and watching the intro of 90210 while my mom's folding laundry. And I was like really little, like in her bedroom, watching her do chores, watching 90210. And she'd like call her friend on our giant cordless phone and they'd talk about the episodes together. (laughs) So speaking of horror, horror flicks, I would love to cover with you like Urban Legends, The Faculty, just so many 90s horror movies. I'm about to do Scream. Have you heard that they're coming out with the Scream 5? Yeah, I'm a huge Nev Campbell fan. Yay! Everything. I had a dream once um, that she ran for president with The Rock and it didn't happen but but no the faculty i love because i I love bb newworth like who plays the president the principal mm-hmm. that's how you say her name fam key jansen who plays like the teacher that has sex oh, with josh hartnett drop dead gorgeous yeah so she it's good. josh hartnett oh my god everybody in that cast is actually gorgeous so we we've got to cover that movie that's what i'm saying well they're josh hart <laughs> the, the older josh he's in my because oh, no. I have a better chance of, oh, can you hear me? No, it was breaking up a little. No, I'll repeat that because okay. <laughs> it sounds crazy. <laughs> Older Josh Hartnett gets, the more he's in my league. Back in the 90s, he was his heartthrob, but now he's kind of not doing anything. So, you know, maybe he'll start dating from Salem, Oregon, maybe. 
<laughs> you never know. <laughs> I could see that working out. Um, what have you seen him in The Virgin Suicides? I've seen that movie. Yeah, we did. I just recently did um, Tale of the Dangerous Soup with Nev Campbell with um, Brett Wilson. Like stayed with me just be, because of her, but it was also really a creepy episode too. Oh yeah, it uh, was an iconic episode for me. It's one of the most scary Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. I am stoked for Scream 5. I was actually just watching an interview with Neff Campbell and um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm not sure how old it was, but they were talking about what it was like to be Scream Queens and their careers as actresses. It was really cool. I'll send you a link to it. You would like it. Yeah, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is fabulous. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a book. I've been, what have I been into lately? I've been watching, I've been watching some dark shit. I can't admit the Eugene Cooney shit. Uh, <laughs> or, or like the United States Senate. That's dark too. It's just the same thing. I would recommend, my recommendation for the week is going to be Space Junk by Andrew Bixler. It's such a good book. I had put it on my bookshelf and it got buried and then I just found it the other day so I decided to reread it so I highly recommend if anybody's into sci-fi or like comedy or you know just needs a good book go pick up Space Junk it's on Amazon Andrew Bixler you can find it so what I like about this week I like Drag Race by RuPaul I'm, I'm way behind the times on drag and I want to be a lesbian drag queen. Um, we talked about this on my podcast, Notable Nostalgia with Peaches Christ. Yeah. And I want to wear a mullet, acid wash jeans, Diet Dr. Pepper shirt. Because that's what lesbians like. And I, I recently redesigned that outfit <sighs> design. I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. You can picture it. Yeah. And there's an Eddie, there's an Eddie Bauer outlet 15 minutes north of me. It's fabulous. <laughs> um, I would just sing like Melissa Etheridge and Tracy Chapman songs. Um, yeah, I recently rediscovered David Sedaris books, um, specifically Dress Your Family in Court. Do you know David Sedaris? Like, do you no. know? Uh-uh. Okay, so his sister is Amy Sedaris from Strangers with Candy. Okay. And she, he writes these essays, and he's a homosexual man, comedian, and it's just about his childhood and, like, the fucked up stuff he used to do, and it, he has such a good wit, Ooh. and like I said before, it's perfect for taking a poop while while reading these books of his it's fabulous um like running and with scissors vibes yeah like it's so i definitely recommend any of he has one book called uh, let's talk about diabetes with owls like he's very irreverent humor um and then my most favorite thing most his favorite thing is my coconut macaroon hand sanitizer with shimmer in it because it makes my hands look like a sparkle like i fingered a like a fairy um anyways and then the things i hate about this week and i'll read this to you even uh okay so i ate we had power outage in oregon where i'm where i live and i decided the day after to eat hawaiian fast food and then i added hot sauce to it i don't know why i need to talk about my flatulence mm -hmm. i left it out returned to it later so that's when i rediscovered david sedaris pooping books i hate beck i also uh -huh. put on here and i oh. mentioned this earlier <laughs> Beck is but a Scientologist. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. He's then extra. 
Yeah. I am totally going to add that. I made a birthday card for my best friend when we were in middle school, the one who's like the girl from Mean Girls. And I listed the top 10 things I hate in her card. And one of them was Beck. And then one of them was Bill Paxton. I don't like him. He died. Amazing, um, amazing friend. That is amazing. Oh my goodness. (laughs) As I listed that. When when it's your birthday, I'll send you a card with what I hate. Um, Okay. And then I told you this about, okay. So I hate being shown pictures of children. Um, sometimes one is fine, but that opens the doors for more. Um, I don't care about talentless, non-celebrity children. What? My kids are like supermodels, though. Then that's fine. That's fine. But when it's like a picture of a kid sitting there and then they swipe and they show me another picture of their kid sitting there, I can't stand it. I can't. And like I said, but it's almost like when you talk to somebody about a dream that they had, but they're oh really God. bad about describing yeah. it. And the why I mentioned this punchline, I guess, I guess it's a punchline, I don't know, but um, is about hate, that there needs to be more positive in the world. But like, again, hate never gave anybody gonorrhea. Love did. Love making that kind of thing gives people gonorrhea. Hate never gave anyone gonorrhea. Okay. But <laughs> you don't have to keep that in, but I, mean- I just like... Okay, there is a place like we were, for everything. Yeah, yeah, like like Courtney, for example, had, yeah. had, had to do some messed up stuff. Apparently, no, I don't know. Apparently, during the sex scene with her and Marilyn Manson, there was like, they had to cut it like severely because it couldn't pass an NC-17 um, rating. So is she 17 or 18? Because oh, Liz- Oh, age 18. No, but in the as a character, because Liz just turned 17. It was her um, 17th birthday when she got killed, I think. I think Mike. she's supposed to be underage. And the directors actually said that he, he, it was intentional that they were all meant to look very adult. Like you were spot on at the beginning of, of the podcast when you were saying that if she would, if Rebecca Gayhart would have leaned into this more, it would have been a great fucking it would have been a perfect movie but she's playing it all wrong and it ruins the whole thing but like they're meant to look way older than they're supposed to be it's meant to be super campy it's meant to be clue it's meant to be like psycho beach party i'm trying to think of another good example um but yeah like austin powers that's a bad example but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i just like that it was really one of the first things that i saw that was racy in a different way i don't know she courtney's character just blew my mind as a teenager seeing her on tbs having some guy like give a popsicle a blowjob that was mind-blowing to me as a teenager (laughs) there's no there's no like uh smart men in this film and i appreciate that like as a you know, usually there's like a, in this type of movie, like a ditzy girl or something like that, like really playing into that negative stereotype. But in yeah. this, the two, the two male actors are, you know, the meathead who's just like obsessed with sex and um, is being used by Courtney. And then the drama guy, which, you know, not really developed or anything, but. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, it's not a great movie, but it's good. It's good enough. It's not like it serves its purpose. You know, it'll always, it has a special place in my heart. 
because I can't take the nostalgia goggles off when I watch this movie. No, yeah, it seems like Jawbreaker, like they named it Jawbreaker because that's what's used to kill her. But also it kind of, in my mind, makes me think of oral sex. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) However, um, yeah, so check out Notable Nostalgia. It's a 90s retrospective podcast with uh, two of my friends from high school. It's very irreverent and um, us just hanging out talking about 90s stuff and interviewing some people from the 90s, celebrities-ish kind of people. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and so much fun. And we did a Spice Girls episode, Spice World. Mm-hmm. And Romy and Michelle, I suggest you all go listen to that. And you guys are pretty active on Instagram too. Yeah, that's notable. mainly the other two. I'm not, yeah, I'm not very, uh, <laughs> I mean, the notable nostalgia page is pretty active on Instagram. So they always like post like really funny memes and stuff. You should just go follow them. I want to like get you on recording, committing to doing a whole bunch of different movies with me so you can't back out of it. Okay, so uh, I commit to the faculty for show. Oh, Urban Legend. Yes, damn, yes. Like campy, campy-ish 90s, or not 90s, it doesn't have to be 90s, uh, campy horror films. <laughs> I know what you did last summer, <laughs> really. Ugh. I mean, that one would be fun, really fun. And the sequel, and Halloween, yeah. H2O with Josh Hartnett. Yes, okay, yep, there we go. That's a good, um, LL Cool J's in it. Oh, oh my so God, good. yes, <laughs> yes, oh my God. Oh, and then I know what you did last summer, Anne, ha- Anne, Anne H, H, Anne yeah. H. Yeah, Anne H. That's a weird character. Oh, and then in the same uh, vein of... Um, jawbreaker planet terror did you ever see that no that one's really uh rose mcgowan plays a stripper who gets her leg amputated during like a zombie apocalypse and what? attaches yeah and she attaches a machine gun to like as her second leg what y- yeah you need to watch planet terror like asap um whoa that's wild yeah, it made me it's, think of that movie Barbed Wire with Pam Anderson. Oh, that would be a good one. I haven't seen that since like, oh my God, since I was a little kid watching HBO, apparently when my kids were, my my parents were gone. From what I remember, it was not appropriate. It was like dystopian, right? Yeah, that she's entertaining, uh, iconic human. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, and then we got to get Allie to watch Now and Then. Because, um, you know, we want to do a notable nostalgia and Cassandra explains it all episode of Now and Then, which is going to be pretty epic. I love Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, my God. I love Rosie. Harriet the Spy. But, um, but yeah, yes. hit me up and let me know whenever you want to do it, even if it's like sooner than later or if it's Perfect. after you're feeling better, whenever, just let me know. Hell yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a good right. night. You too. Bye. Liz is in the trunk of this car, and she is dead. That is a sad, fucked up thing. But you are going to walk into that school and strut your shit down the hallway. Like, everything is peachy fucking cute. Get it? Joy? Whatever.